0: Today, we are discussing local events concerning the CBC and DCF and how it is affecting everyone. Join us today on Fostering the Future.
1: Welcome to the Fostering the Future podcast, a show about all things child welfare, dependency, adoption, and foster care. Here are your hosts, veterans in the world of child welfare, Jack and Kat.
0: We believe that every human has incredible and
1: equal value, regardless of what side of the courtroom we sit on. We hope that everyone feels welcome and accepted here on Fostering the Future.
0: Make sure you follow us on Facebook, or Instagram as Fostering the Future podcast or check us out on our website at fosteringthefuturepodcast.org. This is Jack, and I'm not here with Kat or Mac, but I am here with Nicole. Welcome, Nicole. Hi, everyone. So we're taking some time today to do a little special episode and discuss what's going on locally. So much
1: is going on locally.
0: I feel like everybody in our community is kind of walking around on eggshells and anxious, and nobody really knows what's going on or
1: why it's going on or what's going to happen. Definitely. And it's not just the fostering community. It's like the entire community because there's the news articles, the TV reports, and so it's literally everyone now, not just our tiny little fostering community.
0: (laughs) You know, I've seen people all over social talking about it and asking questions. I mean, I don't think any of us really know too much. And it's something that we've talked about on this podcast a lot, especially due to what has happened in our community since COVID. And so many more kids are coming into care and so many foster homes are closed their doors because of the extra anxiety in their life from how the world is post-COVID and how the foster world is post-COVID. These complications have made a lot of foster homes decide to stop fostering. I'm seeing left and right on social where people who have fostered for 20, 30 years aren't doing it anymore. So if you take the combination of having less foster homes and having more kids come into foster care, some of these problems that we're talking about are expected.
1: We've talked about before how our area is a hot spot for the opioid crisis, which is contributing to more kids coming into care. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a foster parent, like pre-COVID because I was a foster parent for like no time <laughs> yeah. before the world shut down. Yeah. But I agree. I'm seeing so many homes shut down and it's at the time where the community needs it the most. And of course they're doing it because it's what's best for their family. And what's safe for them. And I don't blame them because
0: it's hard. It was hard to be a foster parent before COVID. And even now that school's back in session, like there's just, we have no inventory in stores. Like I've got to tell you, I've got a really big crisis in my life right now. I am going on three weeks where I can't find extra firm tofu. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not funny. They don't have it at Target. They don't have it at Publix. They have firm tofu. They have not firm tofu. Ew. <laughs> but, okay. And, and and I actually have found extra firm here and there. But super firm is what I really like. Super firm tofu. You know, it's not so drippy. It is the perfect consistency. But not, no, this
1: was a thing. Okay, and listen. all of these consistencies in
0: the to tofu. <laughs> super firm tofu tofu. There's a particular brand that I like, but any really firm tofu would make me happy. I love to cut it up and put it in the air fryer oh, and put a ton of idea. like garlic and salt and pepper on it. You can't it, do that with the I other I can't do I mean I can't. Listen, I did it for dinner tonight. Oh. Okay. I made rice bowls for me and Jack Daddy and I used firm tofu, not extra firm, not super firm, firm tofu, and it was a disaster. Like, okay, it was okay, but it's like mushy and creamy instead of like having more of the consistency of like Something that feels like there's sustenance, you know?
1: Right, right. And I think that, (laughs) well, I don't know that we're all dealing with the tofu crisis. It's a crisis. I I agree. There are definitely noticeable shortages and empty shelves in the stores. So we're all still living in this, like, I can't even say post-COVID world because we're still because people are still
0: getting covid like right we're still in this covid world max grandma died just recently from covid like people are still losing people so it's still going on obviously it's very different than where we were a year ago but the extra anxiety level of living in a world like this the duration of this pandemic it just wears on you man and that is leading to increased drug use that is leading to more ods that is leading to more kids coming into care definitely we maybe we should talk about what actually happened I
1: definitely
0: I mean we're kind of you know circling circling around like sharks circling the drain (laughs) is how I feel like we're circling the drain (laughs) so there were two things what was the first thing that came out
1: so the first thing that came out was a story that stated that the cbc contract would not be renewed and essentially both parties kind of decided this individually and this contract is expiring Not being renewed, and there's going to be this break of the CBC or community based care contract under DCF here in our local kind of tri county area.
0: And so the CBC had decided not to continue with the contract after it expires this year. And their reasons for that were the lack of funding and resources.
1: So DCF decided not to renew their contract because they felt that the CBC wasn't doing their best job in keeping all of the kids under their purview the safest they could and that there were kind of safety concerns and issues. It had been going on for quite some time. And with the contract expiring at the end of the year, they just chose not to renew it, essentially.
0: Even though, you know, people have been talking about it for years, whether this might happen in but it also kind of felt like it came out of nowhere did did that feel that way
1: it totally felt that way to me I had no idea yeah we knew that the contract was up at the end of the year but had we seen any real movement from moving away from CBC I don't think I saw any real indication that that was going to occur it just feels like it's such a big thing
0: how is this even going to happen, especially in 60 days, in 60 days? I get that the system is broken, right? Everywhere. The system sure. is broken, but you don't expect that like all of a sudden your CBC that so much revolves around is just going to be gone.
1: If I hear one more time, like, what does this mean for the kids? <laughs> it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. To the kids, because the kids are still being
0: taken care of. I will say there may be some effects depending on how the transition happens.
1: There may be some effects. I agree. We don't know what this means,
0: bottom line.
1: We don't really know what this means. Think historically when things have changed, case management organizations have changed or contracts have been pulled by the CBC for various reasons, some of those same reasons that the CBC contract are now being pulled. They just transition to another organization. We see some staff go we see a turnover some staff stay i've seen a shuffle between counties at times so maybe somebody coming from one circuit over to the other if we're using kind of that historical knowledge of what happens with cmo i think it could stand to reason that possibly one of the solutions is we're going to see another organization come in and they're going to take over hopefully we're going to see licensing specialists in our placement team and the rest of kind of the heart of the CBC kind of intact.
0: Right. Like the the licensing supervisors and the licensing director, director, those people that are boots on the ground, boots on the ground, involved in
1: the kids' lives, involved with the foster parents, very involved in the day-to-day going-ons in the homes with the kids, they have to stay.
0: Yeah. And I don't see another way for that to happen. And that's, I think everybody's biggest fear is like, are all the people that we work with just going to disappear and we're going to have new people? Because you and I both know if that happened, the foster families that currently exist are probably not going to all be here. Absolutely. I mean, no matter what happens, we're going to lose foster families just because change and not everybody can handle change. However, if my whole support staff is just totally gone and I have to completely convert to new people. Well, I don't know that how much longer I would keep doing it. I think that your experience as a foster parent can vary greatly depending on who your licensing specialist is and who the support staff behind them are.
1: I think we all know it kind of went through a lot of stuff in this world already. And right? <laughs> Did you have a wild ride? I totally had a wild we ride. We should do an episode on that. <laughs> but if not for these people that we're talking, talking about the director, the supervisor, my licensing specialist. I am not sure where I would be. They were. And where those kids would be. And where those kids
0: would be. Because it could have been very easy for you to give up during that situation. Yes,
1: but I had this like team of like the biggest supporters around. There was no give up in them. And so I'm one foster parent, and there are you know what, a hundred, a couple hundred. Yeah, there's not that many, but still, there's enough that they're supporting these limited amount of foster parents and over a thousand children in care and they're cheerleading all All of of us (laughs) in the same way. Bottom line is
0: the CBC contract will not be renewed. The world is going crazy due to this, (laughs) but in reality, if we look historically at what has gone on and realistically what could happen, I don't think that we have to worry too much that that everything's just going to disappear. I think Uh, we're going to transition to a new organization and the people that are doing the right thing... And making responsible choices, not doing anything neglectful or harmful to these kids will move to the new organization. Like, there's so many people involved. Right. Like, where are you going to get the people? Where
1: are you going to get these people that know what they're doing with this education? And who wants to do it? (laughs) Like Who would want to do this job for this kind of money? Like, forget it. Yeah, I don't know. I would think we would see... DCF step in as kind of the interim takeover kind of what it looks like they're almost doing kind of when we you know when we talk about kind of what's happening as part two they're kind of stepping in and stepping up and I think we're going to see them step in and step up when it comes to the CBC until a new organization is found I don't really see another avenue to what they're going to do unless they literally have another CBC like in the (laughs) wings. And
0: with like thousands of employees ready to be deployed like they're on a plane they're ready to go they've got their jump bags you know you know if if what we're looking at if what they're saying is that the the failures are in upper management then hopefully the problem sources could be resolved and we can you know all move forward and find better ways to help these kids and maybe a new CBC will provide different resources maybe people will come in with great new ideas and those can all be positive things and there's there's these these people that were in this organization that are these incredibly intelligent, passionate people who have great ideas. And maybe this new CBC is going to come in and see that and, and really hear them and hear them and run with it. And maybe really good things are going to happen.
1: There is one person I <laughs> specifically have in mind that I would <laughs> Red. Sorry, I've got strep throat. I know you do too because my son gave it to you.
0: Baby Jack like got both of us sick this week. So our throats are a little messed up. But
1: she's a prime example of boots on the ground interacting with these kids who is so incredibly passionate and doesn't see any other way around it other than getting it done because it's what the kid needs. Yeah.
0: I needed to get an infant carrier to a baby in a hospital that I was picking up. Case management was like, yeah, we don't have a way to do that. And it was like her day off. And she's like, hey, Jack, I'm going to just drive up and meet you and um, take that to the hospital. So she drove an hour up to meet me Oh my god. on her day off. That is someone you really want this new organization to come in and like recognize that the dedication. Yeah. Like she what cares about child? the kids and yeah. she sees a problem and she fixes it. We understand that the contract is ending and we don't know what's going to happen, but we're hopeful for a smooth transition. Yeah. Did you get the email today from the secretary? I did. She said seamless. I
1: did. She said seamless. <laughs> I saw the word continuity. I mean, I feel like these are words. That I I like use. those words. They're nice words. They, they made me feel good. I mean, sure. Me too. But I looked at the words <laughs> and I was like, Eh, pretty words that maybe are going to make some people feel better. They made me feel better. But I totally read between the lines and it's probably going to be a show. Put, put your seatbelt on? Yeah. <laughs> like, like Forget about the seatbelt. Point we need a five-point harness.
0: harness. Put your five-point harness on and get ready. <laughs> it's going to be a ride. See my eyes twitching? Yeah, <laughs> I had a challenge recently uh, in foster care and it was probably uh, the most difficult thing that I've been through. And the entirety of that situation, my right I twitched and it and stopped it stopped the minute that that situation kind of in oh. a way was resolved and that was weeks ago and tonight after the next thing that we're going to talk about my eye started twitching again i was like did i give you the eye twitch i mean it must be your fault <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's fair <laughs> baby jack gave you strep throat you gave me an I eye either. twitch <laughs> totally fair we have definitely even now <laughs> all right so the second thing that happened happened today Everybody who is in the foster community kind of saw text and Facebook posts 3 pm news
1: conference. So I mean, I don't think any of us really knew what was going on. I know what our group was talking about is it hit 3 pm and we were all like, where are we supposed to watch this at?
0: Yeah, because this is like carline time man. <laughs> it's carline time and people are asking for
1: like, you know, is this on
0: TV? Play? Is this on the phone? Somebody's play in court, play. someone's
1: in the hospital. Like, right. So, what we're discussing is that the sheriff held a news conference today announcing. That the CBC is now being investigated for child abuse and neglect, which is a criminal charge. And that criminal charges can be placed against a corporate entity, which is the CBC, which is the CBC and senior management individually of the CBC.
0: Yeah, he specifically said, like, we're not talking about like that the scope could expand at some point. But at this point, we're not talking about like frontline workers, like they're just doing what they can with the resources they have in the situation that they're in.
1: And I think he said that more than once. Yeah. And he proceeded to describe various forms of abuse or neglect on children. Essentially, he stated that on average, six children a night were sleeping in an office of the CBC.
0: Right. Which we like already knew. I mean, everybody knows.
1: Totally. Everybody knows. It's a thing. It's always been a thing. We're literally talking about some of the hardest to place kids. We're also talking about kids who are very smart to the system and they know that they can refuse placement. And, If they refuse placement to wherever they're trying to be taken, whatever foster home or group home, they will have no choice but to sleep in an office these kids know it i know it firsthand because <laughs> well, they said
0: it to me remember we had a placement employee come and talk to us and tell us how sometimes she would have to try and talk them into not refusing placements sometimes it's hard to get a kid in a group home especially if they've been kicked out of them she would like work really hard to try and get a group home to take like this particular child the child can still refuse and then what do you do like if they're refusing to go to a foster home and they're refusing to go to a group home where What's do they go do? i don't know I
1: I don't know either because the answer isn't having them driven around in a car all night yeah. that's not safe no or that's- good the only option is what has been done when they're refusing placement of a group home or a foster home or any other reasonable safe and licensed placement
0: you know i think the reason it has become such a problem is really because of the community situation that we're in in this year, whether it's because COVID so bad and the way that it's affected everybody, whether it's because the drug crisis is so bad right now, whether that's related or not, when there weren't so many more kids that needed placements and so many less placements like it wasn't as big of an issue but now that that's so much more of an issue yeah it's like it's not like a kid sleeping there every once in a while it's a more consistent thing because it just aren't places for kids to go or they're choosing not to go
1: there you and i know that funding is being cut to group homes and other things like that and they're trying to kind of and funding is cut to um placements
0: that are wavered right placements over five will not be um so like you're taking more and more of the funding away and more and more resources away and more and more kids are coming into care like it it doesn't Overloaded. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It is literally a recipe for disaster. So now that we know, these are the two things that have gone on. First of all, the contract will end. for our counties, by the end of this year, the second thing is there's criminal investigations into some things that happened. The CBC specifically is being named as the target of the investigation. Let's just chat about some of the concerns you and I have had. We're not experts in criminal investigations. (laughs) Just the perspective of like, hey, two foster moms who have been seeing what's going on and how it affects all of us and just some thoughts that we had, right? The, the first thing that both you and I and a lot of people are like, what in the heck? Is like the main news article on the local station, the guy was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to these kids? Where are they going to go? Where are they going to go, dude? You dropping your kids
1: off at the office? <laughs> 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 I literally woke up, saw this news story with this reporter who's been around in our community, for years yeah and was immediately furious and it was like 6 a.m <laughs> you know what's gonna happen to my kids and every other foster kid who's in a foster home they're the same thing that happened soon. yesterday yeah. like we're gonna take care of them we're gonna love them we're gonna take care of them we're gonna love them they're gonna be getting up soon and I gotta get them to school because like that's <laughs> all that's happening in my house I mean but the contract is ending like aren't you just gonna drop the them off at that ending.
0: office <laughs> when, when the contract ends what's gonna happen to these kids come on Nicole come are
1: you gonna leave them somewhere or all the ICPCs that are pending (laughs) are magically going to be granted oh that's funny (laughs) that was so and he kept saying it
0: like anytime anybody talked in that article he kept repeating but what's gonna happen to these kids and the
1: tone he was using was very dramatic yes and so I just felt like it was such irresponsible reporting and I mean like from my perspective like I mean, my kids are going
0: to school like I've got to say, I I, I mean, obviously, I've got an eye twitch. I've got some anxiety about the situation, but none of my anxiety is about like what's going to happen to my kids. My kids are gonna be here I'm not gonna leave them I'm not gonna drop them off anywhere like they're not gonna get moved they're my kids until they're able to be reunified with their parents I'm gonna continue fostering them I'm going to continue trying to get them reunified like that doesn't change because the CBC changes
1: kind of the heart and the core of all of this the children they're still okay they and they have no clue about any no of these news articles
0: on. they literally have no idea <laughs> the only thing that I foresee this affecting the kids is that the additional anxiety of not knowing what's going on everybody's gonna be stressed and kids can feel that so that will affect the kids um and then if there's good employees that have great relationships with these kids that aren't able to transition over or for whatever reason like maybe their schedule doesn't work with the new CBC that the kids would lose those relationships so I think Those are the only ways that it's going to really affect the kids in a negative way. But maybe there'll be positive things that will affect the kids in in a good way. I don't I don't know. I I mean, I I definitely think as long as they maintain these incredible people that you and I have worked with that are doing great things for these kids, as long as those people are maintained, I think that we can have a positive outcome.
1: Change is hard. Transition is hard. However, if change and transition are done right, there is growth and there is positivity. I don't think any change is seamless <laughs> at all, but you live in your... She said seamless.
0: World. She said continuity. <laughs> As your eye continues I'm, to I My eye is <laughs> Can you see it from <laughs> so, over
1: there? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I... just mean, need a little karate kid in our life. I think it's going to be difficult, but I am hopeful that we're going to see positive outcomes from it. But I also... Don't think we need like mass panic no. from our local news reporters. Like honestly, <laughs> what's I'm, gonna happen to these kids? I'm gonna need him to like move on and speak in a different tone, <laughs> in a more responsible. It's way. all about the
0: tone. I t- try and tell my kids that they're like, I didn't say anything wrong. It was the tone. I turn into my mother when I say that. But the target of this investigation and all of these articles are just about the CBC. The failures that you've seen on these kids, I don't think that the stuff that I've seen go wrong can really has anything to do with the CBC.
1: I can't personally point one time in my personal experience that there was a failure on the CBC's part. Yeah. There has been multiple failures, typically not even by one person or entity. I mean in the best interest. if I'm being real and I'm not sure I
0: should be, (laughs) but if I'm being real, the biggest problems that I've seen is due to kids languishing in care and not receiving permanency for years and years and years. All of those cases that I've seen, that's never been the fault of the CBC. The biggest problems that I've seen um, have been in the courtroom. There's not a member of the CBC directly in the courtroom at all, is there? No. These kids that are in care for five, six, seven years no, never because um, either the reunification hasn't happened that should or the TPR hasn't happened that should. But that's that, not the fault of the CBC and that's it, really what I see affecting kids negatively the most. And obviously, you know, I might be a little tender on that because I've seen it happen this week for a kid that I really care about. And then the other stuff you see happen is, you know, usually like an individual isolated occasion, like somebody made a bad choice or an accident happened because of an individual. I've seen failures. I've seen lots of big failures sure. being part of the system, but none of them that I've seen you could ever point to the CBC. And if you're going to say that the CBC CBC is in charge of this. That's in charge of this, and that's why it's their fault. Well, then why not go all the way up to DCF? All the way up to DCF. So, right.
1: Really, all this yes. stuff is everybody's fault. I feel like if we take it back even just a little further, some of this same stuff—sleeping in cars, sleeping in offices—that was a blame game a few years back, and that was blamed on failure by CMO.
0: Well, CMO is the has that responsibility. Like right. that's what they're hired for—is to monitor the kids. And even this particular. Criminal charge. It seems like most of it is about kids sleeping in the office. Right. Was there anything so, that wasn't about kids sleeping in the office? Um, a few things. No. But most of it revolved around the accidents that happened with kids sleeping in the office, Correct. and that has nothing to do with CBC other than they didn't place them. But if there's nowhere to place them, and the child refuses placement, then that becomes the responsibility of CMO. CMO is there to monitor them. So these accidents that happened happened under the responsibility of CMO. Of CMO not. C B C If you're going to say it's CBC's responsibility because they have the contract for CMO, well, but then DCF has a contract for CBC. I don't know. Well, I they think they can't blame themselves. Well, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I blame myself all the time. So why can't <laughs> they? I don't know. I just think you no, know, there are problems, but the bigger problems, the things that are really affecting kids in in a pretty big way, are the failures that happen in the courtroom. Why aren't
1: we going directly to the senior? Maybe management that was a part of this? Why are we canceling the entire contract for the entire entity? And not just getting new senior management? And not just getting new senior management. Why Hmm. are we always punishing an entire group or entity instead of the people who are at the core of the problem? I mean, you see this in corporate organizations as well. It's easy to just say, this is the problem lies here. I'm going to get rid of this entire department, but maybe it's one or two people in that department that are causing the problem. They didn't tell us who they were talking. He
0: said he about. wasn't going to name the specific people, yes. but it sounded like they had people
1: they that had they, people. yeah, they know. Why aren't we just handling those people and leaving CBC intact, and then handling the problems within CMO? Like we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater? I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know if I know what
0: that means. Oh, well, suddenly I don't either. I thought I did. <laughs> Let's kind of talk about what these criminal charges they're describing are. They're saying it's abuse and
1: neglect. There was a lot of talk about unlicensed facilities that are organizations being used to watch the kids and because they're unlicensed facilities or organizations, the employees weren't being background screened.
0: Is this like a day program? Is that what they're talking about? Something like that? You know,
1: like are the day programs full? So they're using one that's not licensed or? It kind of sounded like that Mm -hmm. um, because I remember one of the questions kind of being about that, Mm -hmm. but he didn't really expand too much on it. Yeah. The sheriff basically just kind of went back and said they're unlicensed facilities, but they are organizations. So it's not like, random Joe.
0: Like they didn't like go to the bus stop and find someone to watch the kids. Right, right, right. But that one guy, So he might have been from the bus stop.
1: Some of the incidents that occurred that led to these charges were while the kids were in care of these people. And one of the incidents described was a child getting a hold of an unsecured gun in a vehicle with one of these people from one of these facilities. That's scary. So scary. And then there was essentially another one where the guy was a drug trafficker and now he's in charge of these kids. And he was like had active he active had a racketeering and charge. a drug charge right? right right and so he's watching these kids the other allegations are all about kids being in the office okay well let's talk about that
0: it's not a good thing for kids not to have a home sometimes there's no other option if they're refusing to go somewhere or there's nowhere for them to go Definitely. one of the things mentioned um that three of the kids that were sleeping in the office uh snuck out of the building and went to the back of the building and climbed a ladder to the roof and one of them fell off and a piece of metal went into his body and he had to go to the hospital. This is not okay. None of us want this to happen to a kid. We're talking about these teens that have come from not great situations. They've experienced trauma and a lot of them have mental health histories. And if they're refusing help, they're refusing services, they're sleeping in the office, whether they're sleeping in the office or sleeping in a group home, they run away from group homes all the time. Like, what are you supposed to do? Lock them up. That's not a home. That's jail. Right. And if they're going to keep running, whether they run and climb a roof on the back or whether they run and get child traffic or hurt in some way or they're going to be in danger if they sneak out and run. It's a horrible thing. You know, obviously with some of these teens that have these behavioral problems, what are you going to like tie them to
1: the chair? I've had teens in my home run. How am I going to stop them? I mean, I finally slept and I slept for like two hours (laughs) and then he ran. And... I couldn't stop
0: it. Like you can't physically stop them from running if they're going to run.
1: Even if I had stayed awake.
0: Yeah. He still would have run. That was a bad thing that happened. But like, I don't feel like that's
1: neglect when you're talking about a teen who ran away and got hurt. Or snuck out and got hurt and did something silly. I think even kids who haven't experienced trauma sneak out and do stupid stuff. (laughs) Whose fault is it
0: that the ladder was accessible? What if it's
1: not a ladder like you and I are thinking of at a home? What if it's a ladder affixed to a building that has to do with... Well, if it went rescue. to the roof,
0: that's probably what it is. Yeah,
1: exactly, right? So we're not talking about like, oh, somebody left like a ladder now. <laughs> it was like always going to be yeah. accessible. And when you have mischievous children, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, it's not unrealistic.
0: What were some of the other things that happen that, that they're listing as the abuse and neglect?
1: Um, access to medications. As a licensed foster home, there are very strict... Parameters. Everything has to be locked up. Right. Everything. I mean, even like our dish soap. (laughs) Laundry detergent. Right. Dish soap. Everything has to be locked up. Yeah. So that. A little can't get into it or, you know, ingest it or whatever. Or a teen isn't eating a Tide Pod or... Nobody's drinking their soap. Right. Nobody's drinking their soap. (laughs) Of course, that would stand to reason then that medications need to be locked up. There were unsecured medications that were stored in the office. And so there were children that accessed... uh, One that was mentioned, a child accessed his or her own medication and overdosed on it by taking too much of it because they had open access. And then there was another mention of a child who took somebody else's medication because it was left out and unsecured and out in the open. Those are kind of the other two things. You know, there was also talk of no hot meals.
0: I heard about the hot meals. There's no kitchen because this is not like a residential facility. When kids are sleeping in the office, they're being being fed fed. because the CMO is responsible for them. You'll talk to case managers all the time and they'll be transporting a kid and oh, we're running late so I'm going to grab
1: them dinner on the way. Show up with a McDonald's toy. Yeah. Yeah. Or a McDonald's cup or a McFlurry or whatever it is yeah so they're showing up
0: obviously there's no hot meals there because there's no I mean there's probably some sort of kitchen but there's 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 not a cafeteria I don't know like when he said that I was like well like are we starving them like I mean is case management starving them or are they just like bringing them to get them food or dropping
1: food off for them or I think there were some claims that maybe some of the kids were hungry because there's but again that's CMO that's not CBC Right. And so then there was talk of deplorable living conditions in the office, the showers, sheriff's words, not mine, to be clear. He didn't define what deplorable was. So it was kind of left up to all of our imaginations. Listen, I've had teens,
0: their rooms become deplorable very quickly. Like
1: you can (laughs) clean them constantly. My house with my teen sometimes becomes deplorable. Oh my gosh. The last thing I remember is the kids um, having dirty clothes and sleeping in dirty and that's something we've discussed before, because yeah. remember
0: when uh, we had someone who had been in placement come and talk to us, she was like, you know, when we had kids that were sleeping in the office for more than one night, I would take their laundry home. So, yeah. you know, that and goes right back to how these frontline workers give their life and heart to these kids, like Definitely. taking their laundry home and doing these teen boys clothes. How are these kids clothes getting clean? Um, Mac, actually, she really wants to find ways to give back. And when she heard that episode, she was like, can I do that? Can, can I go pick up um, laundry oh. for kids? who sleep in the office, like, let's start a program. Like, let's oh, let's cool. do like like a whole program and I'll find some other people to volunteer and we'll just like, that's the least I could do. Cool idea. Yeah, like we actually that's talked perfect. about it. I, I probably should have brought this up to Red sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this whole problem would have got away with some keeping clothes, right? <laughs> what well, just the program of washing the clothes? I mean, sure. there is a better solution. I mean, we'll talk about that later. There was a kid who overdosed because he took too many of his own meds. There was a kid who accessed someone else's meds. There was a the ladder incident yeah there was about
1: 30 calls coming in where authorities had to go out to the office in the past month in the past month so that's like one a day right because the kids were being disruptive and you know it was discussed that these are kids with you know all the things we just said trauma behavioral problems kids that are from hard from hard places and then hard to place because they're from hard places yeah and from the experiences that they've had but I don't see how any of these things that we've discussed add up to a CBC failure or fault.
0: The thing that it keeps coming back to for me is this is CMO, right? Like CMO is responsible for all this. I get CBC is over CMO, but then DCF is over CBC. Right, and it's
1: happening in CBC's office, so they should know about it. But at the end of the day, right... It's
0: but it's CBC's office, but it's also CMO's office. That
1: is very true. It is. That's right. And
0: if we're specifically saying sleeping under desks, like I'm just getting the picture because I've spent a lot of time in that office. Like those desks are the CMO desks, right?
1: I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, if
0: they're responsible for watching them, you'd expect that that's the part of the office they would be in. I don't know. This is all semantics and we don't know the specifics. But, you know, this is just like the things that we're thinking about. And just what we're wondering about is like, what what do these things all mean? And obviously he said, you know, there's no timeline for this investigation. Find out more at some point.
1: Right. And there was going to not really be a lot more commenting on it. Because it's a criminal investigation. Right? Yeah. Comment on I open, get active criminal investigations. And when it Which was is asked, a shame, because I want to know what's going on. I know, right. When it was asked why they even held the press conference about this, you know, he basically stated he thought the community deserved to know and needed to know that this was going on. But it's like. Great, I I appreciate, but that. I wish I knew more if you were gonna tell me. <laughs> right, but I want to know more, and then I want an update. Yeah,
0: back to you were just talking about the thirty calls to the office because the kids were being disruptive. Right, we're just talking about kids are in the office because either they're waiting for placement because they weren't really talking about whether that was overnight or not. Yeah, that wasn't clear. So thirty times over thirty days because kids were being disruptive in the office. Okay, so we know kids are sleeping in the office. We know kids are in the office during the day waiting for placement.
1: It's
0: always been a thing. Yeah, if there's kids that. Are are looking for new placements. Often those are the kids who are hard to place because um, of their behaviors. Honestly, this is all down to the same thing because there's not enough foster homes. The foster homes that exist take more kids than they may intend to. And so there's more kids in their home. And when you have more kids in your home, you're less able to take those kids with those bigger behavioral challenges because there's all these different dynamics. Like when you have one kid in your home and maybe they're like this age or this gender, it's not that big of a deal to take this one kid with behavioral problems because that's something you can manage. But if you have four kids or five kids or however many kids you have, there's different dynamics with each one of them, especially if they're from foster care or in foster care and they've had trauma and they have their own issues like you just have to always consider the issues of the kids that are in your current home yes when you take a new placement and say how is this going to affect them and is this going to be a positive thing for my family is this going to be a healthy thing for my family so because we don't have enough foster homes and because the existing foster homes have more kids than maybe um would be uh desirable right? Right. Um, because the state law is, or policy is five kids per home. And we know most of us, yeah, I (laughs) actually only have six tonight, Yeah. but, um, you know, most foster homes are wavered far beyond the five because there aren't enough foster homes. And because of the additional kids, like you just have to be more careful about taking the kids with behaviors. Right. So all of this kind of leads down to that. And I don't, Know why there would be an investigation on a CBC because kids were being disruptive to right. the employees of the CBC.
1: I know that kind of felt like it was a different thing, even though it was brought up. It was kind of like there were a couple things up. that
0: were brought up that didn't seem. But obviously, they're just not telling us everything. So yeah. maybe there's a lot more that it was we like don't understand.
1: kind of
0: like the whole thing about is. the ninety-three kids. Yeah, like they they were like. So we all know as foster parents, right? And you specifically know I specifically know. that a couple nights ago after like eight o'clock clock like eight, nine, almost 10 o'clock at night, all of a sudden, all these foster homes had CPI at our door that needed to lay eyes on kids, like across social networks and through um, foster mom text groups. Everybody's like, hey, I just had someone at my house. Are, do you guys have someone at your house too? Everybody all over the place had visitors from CPI late at night when their kids were sleeping. They had to go in the room with sleeping kids and take pictures and check your blue books and ask about visits and stuff like that. And we were all like, whoa, what's that's going crazy. on? Yeah. Right. And that's, probably the first clue that we should have had that something was going on today. Uh, Right. But it didn't really like he didn't really explain that. He's like we had he did say we there were were questions
1: about these 93 kids. And so we sent officers out. Right. So like DCF came in, started doing a review and there was questions about these 93 kids. So they wanted eyes laid on these 93 kids. But he was like
0: we had questions that they were getting the services that they needed. Right. But when they came to the house, they weren't asking about the services.
1: I mean, in my experience, they were not.
0: And then at least in the press conference, he didn't reveal any problems that he found.
1: Right. So maybe they're just not sharing that, but... I mean, based on kind of what I saw between social media and the text group, I didn't see anyone that, you know, really kind of revealed like that there was a problem, a problem. Yeah. yeah. Or,
0: the, the main thing they were asking was when the last time case management had visited right? and everybody's like, case management was just there or case management hasn't been, but the OCS worker has, right? you know, the OCS workers are very, listen, if it's getting close to that deadline of like, okay. and they, oh, they even I come, do. like they have a deadline before the deadline yes. and they were like I'm just going to wait at your house yes. and we're going to come in because we have to check on the kid. Right. I mean I know in the past there's been isolated incidents where that was an issue where kids right. weren't being visited.
1: Well I'm wondering the only thing I kind of thought in the moment while I was being visited was did they not put a note into Fizzfin? <laughs> like right. <laughs> you know like is that what's going on here? Like they forgot but then you started to hear everybody else. So. Right. Then you hear everybody else and you're like wait that's totally not what's happening yeah. here. And it was clear that there was a specific CMO organization right. that was being visited because there's a couple in, in that county. Only one CMO agency. It was only one CMO agency. So I And only from one of the two counties that we all work with. Correct. So it became very evident.
0: So my kids got to sleep well that night because they are not from that county and not from that CMO. There you go. So, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. not the norm because normally that is my county and that is often my CMO. Yeah. It,
1: it was weird. It yeah. Was weird. Especially like for me, case manager had literally been in my home 45 minutes before. <laughs> like, shh. <laughs> She was dropping him off. Yeah. And like doing a home visit. Yeah. Or, you know, doing like a quick walkthrough, home visit, whatever. And, and, and she had just been there two weeks before. So right. well before the deadline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Like almost now- like, why are you back already? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks, man. Come on. Give me some space. I, mean, I don't know. I guess <laughs> it's fine. She's, she's been good.
0: Yeah. I think that the bottom line about these issues that we're talking about here, these kids that are in unlicensed locations, facilities, these kids that are sleeping in the office, there is really only one solution for that. Do you know what that is? Definitely. We need more foster homes. Yeah. Every single one of these problems would be fixed if we had more foster homes.
1: Because then the current foster homes wouldn't be overloaded and any of us newer or older homes could take on the kids that are higher risk, higher trauma, and need more attention. Yes. Look, there is a person for every kid. Yeah, absolutely. And not every kid is going to get along with every person. Yeah. But it's why we need more people to match the kids with so that every kid and every adult have the right kid and the right adult in their
0: life. Like every one of these kids needs the right family for them and not every family is the right family for them but if you only have so many families to choose from then you're putting a square peg in a round hole and trying to make everybody happy Yes, and that's not cool. It's not cool. Because then the kid's like I don't want to go to foster homes anymore. I don't want to group homes anymore. I want to sleep in the office and then what are you going to do? We're going to have
1: these news stations doing in these articles. I know from my personal experience, I have an amazing kid and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about him, but he's been in care for a long time and he's a teen. Teens are so great. and But they do make deplorable <laughs> living conditions sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> but it took... The right person to come along for this kid at the right time to make it work. Yes. Because there had been over 50 failures. That's a lot of failures.
0: A lot. Could you imagine? Like, I remember when my 11 year old had a home dance and he asked like three or four girls and they oh. all said no, like four rejections. Like you should have seen his freaking face. The girl from Starbucks said she'd go with them, though. Every single one of those rejections made him feel less valuable. Right. That's four rejections. Right. And this is a kid with a stable family who loves the freaking crap out of him. Definitely. And I'm obsessed with him. (laughs) And he's sick of me being obsessed with him. And I tell him (laughs) I love him every day when he walks into the hall of his school. I scream, I love you so much, (laughs) my sweet boy. Like, he is adored. (laughs) Like, I'm not kidding. I'll video it tomorrow. (laughs) and uh those rejections like they were whatever you know he's in sixth grade but they hurt him they made yes, him feel less special and he was like why why do some of the boys in my class have girls that'll go to the homecoming with them and i don't and i don't right? yeah he's oh. gonna kill me i'm gonna have to cut this out but <laughs> bottom line is you're telling me there's over 50 times that this boy was rejected i can't yes. imagine having any self-esteem left
1: i know you know he was rejected Or he rejected because he'd unfortunately been there and kind of done that. And it wasn't the right fit. Yeah. But it took all of this time. Or
0: they weren't the person that he was willing to let those boundaries down for.
1: Exactly. Oh, man. I love that kid so freaking much. I know. And it has been hard. Yeah. Because teens are hard. But... They're so freaking worth it.
0: Yeah. Our podcast, most of our presence is on Instagram. And I get
1: a lot of DMs. Like,
0: I think the thing that makes me so passionate about continuing to do this podcast, and why I get so freaking excited every time I come in here, is because of the feedback I get on Instagram. Like, the DMs I get, like, fill my freaking heart. And last night... I got a DM from an 18-year-old boy who aged out of foster care and has no one. He was like, thank you for what you're doing for these kids. Please keep doing it. We're so broken. He's like, I aged out and I have nothing. I sleep on people's couches and I don't have a family and I don't have anybody that like is for me. This kid like broke my heart last night, you know, and I was like, I'm I, like so, where is this kid? No, <laughs> I know. I'm like, what state are you in? Like, yeah. can I, can I find services? Because sometimes there's, when you age out, there's services yeah. to help you like, with independent living. And he's like, yeah, I, I already have it set up, but it's not enough to pay rent. It's such a small amount. Like it's not enough to provide for myself. So I've been saving up money and sleeping on couches and it's hard. Like this is hard. We talked for a while. It, it, broke my heart like there's something doing this former foster youth series and hearing about these kids aging out it's not okay man like we need to do better for these kids and and for this for this guy that I was talking to on Instagram last night he deserved more he's valuable he's special like you know there there is probably a family out there that would be amazing for him and he would just be their world and I think people just need to open their eyes up a little more to what's going on bringing us back a little bit more to what we're talking about. I think one of the things that the sheriff really got right, and, and we talked about this earlier, is he said, you know, we're not coming after the frontline workers. These people are not the problem. You know, these people are trying to do the best with the resources that they have and that they don't have.
1: You know, he definitely got that right for sure.
0: You and I both know from our experiences in foster care, and this is something we say on this podcast all the time, the system is broken, but the people, man, the people. The CBC sure there's going to be failures when we find them we should try and fix them yes when i think of the cbc i don't think of them as like this big evil organization me either i think about my licensing specialists Marissa. Yes. And I think about our licensing director, Red. Yes. And I think about placement. These women in placement are freaking incredible. They talk are. to them about these kids in foster care and they will start crying. They love them so
1: much. You know, they, they will know them. Yeah. Advocating for them. They're trying How to find the best place you, for them. Yes. They're doing Everything they possibly can, but there's only so many phone numbers that they're given to call. Exactly. And that brings us back to what is going to fix Fix the problem, which is more phone numbers for placement to call. And that means more foster homes and more people willing to open up and give this a shot because there is a kid and a family out there that could use your support and your help while mom and dad need some extra support you could be that support for them while they're working towards reunification. You can continue to be a support for that family and that child, even when they're not in your home anymore. So many people like
0: they don't want to foster because they're going to get attached. Like, yeah, you're going to get attached. That's a whole freaking
1: point. And the cool thing is, is you can stay attached because I have experiences in the same way. Where I'm still communicating with mom, mom reunified. I'm Working with other families where they're work, we're working towards reunification. Yeah, you are. I, oh my gosh, the best <laughs> court hearing today. Um, advocating for them. Yeah. Because I'm able to work with bio mom and dad, and it is the coolest freaking thing to be able to stand side by side with them. Oh and my like, gosh, yes. Support them. Yeah. Because all they needed was just a little bit more. Yeah. And I am a very small piece. To their story. Very small. Because they had to put in the hard work to actually do the thing. But sometimes people... They just need that. They just like well know?
0: i re- i remember when she first went into rehab um inpatient and she said something to me about like she's i i don't remember like there was a visit where i brought the girls this was right before everything got shut down with covid and she's like i really just want like somebody to tell me that they're proud of me like from that moment on like i make a concerted effort to tell her all the time how proud i am of her because i am proud of her yeah but like i never really thought that that mattered to her that i was proud of her but when she said that i was like oh man, dude, I am so freaking proud of you because you have done like the hardest things. And because she said that, like it's something that I try and tell other parents now too. And she'll tell you now, she's like, I just needed people to believe in me. And I could see how she responded differently when I started telling her how proud I was of her. I always felt proud of her. Yeah. But I never told her because I just didn't know that it mattered. You know, fostering isn't just about the kids, it's about the family. The opportunity to like, like literally hands-on be part of the biggest, best change in a family's life. Yeah. Like what an honor man. It's a huge honor. This whole idea of us needing more foster homes. Almost every person that we've talked to on this podcast when you ask them like what are the problems? Like what do we need? We need more foster homes. Yes. We need more right. foster homes. Every single one of them. If we had more foster homes, if we had more options for these kids, all of these problems would go away. These yes. problems that we've talked about today,
1: like that's the solution. We need more we need yes. more families. And I have not looked because I just think it's toxic to look at it, but I would imagine There are hundreds of comments on these news (laughs) stories or these news articles. Everybody has an opinion on on the internet, right? I'm guessing there are hundreds of comments.
0: I haven't looked, but I've heard that it's a lot of negativity towards foster parents. Oh,
1: I'm sure it is. If it's negative towards foster parents, I mean, turn around and do it better. Yeah. Show us, show us, help us stand up, become one and do it better. Stand with us, man. Any of them would stop sitting behind a computer and bashing everything and stand up and actually Do something, the problem would actually resolve itself.
0: There's so many people who think about it and talk about it and never do it. But what about the people that aren't thinking and talking about it? Like, why not? This is our community. We need to take responsibility for it.
1: It takes a village, right? It's what we all talk about as parents, moms, caregivers. So why aren't we being the village for our community, for these parents and these kids that need it? So many people are like
0: scared to help other people. The
1: easiest other people to help are these
0: little kids man <laughs> i know right and you know what's crazy is like oh like foster kids they're gonna have so many behaviors like then just take babies man like <laughs> if all, all you want to take is babies take babies like we need people to take babies do you know how many babies that, that were bouncing recently because there weren't placements for because we don't have enough foster homes like
1: right, because there's so, rules about how many kids can be yeah. home within certain ages Cause it's hard to have two kids under two years. It old. is hard <laughs> to have two kids under two. There's reasons for those
0: rules. Yeah, man. there's one thousand percent reasons for. that. I just rules. like we need like how do we get more foster parents? Everybody just needs to do something.
1: And we talk a lot about how you can do things to support foster parents, and I think that's amazing. But right now we need we need more, more foster parents. Foster parents.
0: All the excuses that you could come up with to not be a foster parent. Tell me, DM us on Instagram, please. Definitely. We will. Help you come up with ways to resolve that, and and one of the things that we were talking about earlier is community, right? So a lot of people are like, "Well, I don't have a lot of support, or my family doesn't live near me." I think that like you will find your community within this foster community as long as you're open to it, right? Yeah, because we've got a group of foster mamas that like I just can't not brag about because they're incredible, right? Right? Yes, I love it. It's can like the change- very like the definition change- of village. Yes. Is This group of women, like
1: to a like you can't. It's unbelievable. It changed my personal world in this community once. I was a part of this group. You could just be talking about something or
0: sharing with each other and then everybody gets solutions for each other. We had yes. a foster mom who had surgery yesterday and then her foster child was rushed to the hospital and had like and a very scary stuff going on. Yeah. And she was telling us that, oh, you know, I'm worried about the baby. We're on the way to the hospital. And immediately like somebody's getting her meals. Somebody, Everybody's making sure her kids are okay, that she's got babysitters. What do you need? What we bring you she hadn't had a chance to pick up her pain meds from her surgery how someone awful. someone was trying to figure out how to get that to her yes. and um, how to get the prescription transferred and someone to pick it up and go bring it to her someone's bringing her dinner tonight there were two people who were either individually or married to someone who work in that hospital and were like what can they do can they come sit with the with the baby so you can go um, get showered or get a break like yes. the way everybody wraps around everybody in that group you know I mentioned these people I know is really struggling in this way and I'm trying to think of ways to encourage her and the whole group came up with solutions and like physically solved her problems this week.
1: I have personally experienced the same thing too right like the moms in this group dinner showing up backpacks showing up at my door when at the last minute I realized I didn't have any called her in a panic and she was like I got this (laughs) and was at my door like 30 minutes later with backpacks dinner being delivered like super super supportive, always checking on me. And this particular foster mama who was a part of this group was one of my very, very, very few foster parent supports during the wild ride. Um, (laughs) She has just been like this incredible support kind of this whole time along and has come to my rescue more than once. And I appreciate her. The point I think we're trying to drive home here is like, you can find what we have within your community yeah and we can help you find that if you're willing to step up step up for these kids we could probably even help you create what we've created yeah dude we got you yeah <laughs>
0: and if you live nearby like seriously dms will hook yeah. you up right We'll just. what do you need yes <laughs> you can't foster because you need a car seat i will bring you a car seat like yes. you P- can't foster because you you don't know how to put together ikea bed dude yeah. we got Got bomb (laughs) IKEA skills up in here. I'll build you a bed from wood. Like we will make it happen. There's just there's always solutions. Oh, I don't have enough room in my house. Well, like we are very good at finding room in houses to put more kids in. Like, we can help you with that. We can. If you've got a record, maybe that's not for you. (laughs) If you've got anger issues, maybe not for you. But if you've already got kids in your house, like, you know, your kids could go with sharing a room. A lot of people they're like, I don't have an extra room. I, you know, I just have the room for my kids, like they could have someone in their room with them.
1: They definitely can. And you can make it a fun thing because like who wants
0: to have the room to themselves? Like
1: now they can get new bedding because they have to get a new bed. Yeah. You know, you're getting bunk beds or two twin beds. And also if you have a child under
0: one, you could live in a one bedroom freaking apartment because a child under one can sleep in a crib in your room. Right. I mean, obviously maybe in other states that's different, but.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
0: know, Um, we can solve these things for you. If you want to be a foster parent, DM us and we'll help you solve your challenges. I promise. (laughs) We need more foster parents. We do. Especially around here. Yes,
1: especially around here.
0: Let's help us solve these problems because when we get the new CBC, we're still not going to have enough foster homes.
1: And we're still going to be facing the same challenges that the current CBC was facing a different
0: management might find different ways to go around it but the bottom line is there's no solution without more foster homes so let's do that sign up now definitely sign (laughs) me up or jack's gonna kick my butt (laughs) seriously no kind of yeah we need more foster homes and more foster homes and also more foster homes yeah well thank Uh, you for being here this was great i mean i feel a little better now my eye is probably still twitching though i
1: don't know i can't see it twitching anymore Oh good. So thank you for having me. I know we kind of joked a little bit throughout this episode, but we're talking about a really serious topic and neither of us take it lightly. I think we kind of have to laugh to like to get, get through, through this. Some of it. Yeah. Because
0: yeah. my eyes twitching. And yeah. if I don't <laughs> laugh and find some type of humor in this crazy chaos, then how will we get through? Because that's self care, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Laughing
0: through the hard times. And you know, we definitely don't find any humor in kids getting hurt. Kind of like the whole point of dedicating our lives and families to fostering is uh, helping kids not get hurt and protect them. It's just been like a stressful time and we're trying to kind of understand why things are happening the way they are. Thank
1: you so much for having me today. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on social. We hope that you join us again next time and keep on fostering the future.